Hi, I'm Pat Foran. Welcome to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap, a podcast for working indie artists, aspiring music artists, and fans. Each week, I interview a different guest who has a proven track record in the biz or related field. I talk with producers, promoters, audio engineers, managers, songwriters, bands, social media experts, veteran and novice artists too, about their experiences and recommendations. I'll get answers to some of the hows and whys of today's music business, which you will find invaluable in navigating the chaotic world of today's music industry. Today's guest is performing singer-songwriter Soph. Let's get going. Hey. Hello. How's it going? Good. How about you? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. I know you released um, one song that's memorable, like um, something with, a, was it an advertisement that you released or? Uh, I think you're probably thinking of Free Water Season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of just like an inside joke that I had with a friend of mine a long time <laughs> ago, but um you know when you can like cut up little fruits and you'll put them in your water and oh, like, right. the water tastes kind of fruity yes. um so i had a, a long-standing joke with a friend that um like whenever i'm in a good mental health space or headspace um they can always tell because i always have my fruit water like my i'm carrying around like a water bottle with infused fruit in it because i'm being healthy um so the joke is like oh sofa's doing well it's fruit water season <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were uh, prepping or auditioning for a um, some fruit water commercial. No, actually. no, sadly no. <laughs> but you know what? I hope that they end up using that. That would be really cool. <laughs> no, I mean it was it was like perfect. Thank you. Um, and then I think you did. Um, well, I've been following you for a long time. I mean, I think we've known each other for at least ten years or more. Yeah. Um, and. Um, I'm I'm getting way ahead here by asking you about the music. I wanted to talk about some other things first, but sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't spoken in a long time. I know, so. <laughs> I know. Where, wherever you want to start is totally fine with me. I had seen you do some production, I guess. Well, it was sometime during COVID. You had released another song, mm -hmm. and I thought the production was really good. Thank um, you. The music and the video. Yeah, it was really. You're, I was really impressed by that, that you did it yourself, you know, or, or your team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a small team of people. I, I did have help. I couldn't have done it all by myself, but, um, that I, I think you might be referring to bloom, right? Is that the video? I think so. Like, um, my, my hair was pink also. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, oh my God, I guess two years ago already now, which is crazy to think about, but uh, I had a small team. I had a producer who helped me work on that. Um, and then I worked with a really, really great director on the music video. Okay. Um, and we had like a pretty small team to make all of it happen. But, um, but it really is great to see like all these creative people come together and make something really cool. And to be a part of that was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, my concern, like um, when you went to college um you um you didn't you didn't uh, study music right you were studying finance or something what were you no, studying I, I actually studied music business oh music business okay yeah for some reason that just struck me as like um oh i wonder like if you're just gonna you know 
go to the business side strictly. And, um, and we never talked about it. I mean, you know, I saw you around, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like, and I spoke with Dave Vargo last week and, you know, the conversations we have when we're, <laughs> when we see each other are like, oh, where are you playing next week? You know, I'll try to make it, um, yeah. you know, maybe we can do something again next, you know, later this year and, you know, ho- hopes and dreams for the, for the current, you know, the most, um, expedient way to get to you know your next goal you know like which could be two weeks or one week (laughs) right you know trying to do three gigs in a week or whatever so um we don't really get into these like deeper deeper sides of the of ourselves and um you know just cursory um so with that said so that that was my concern (laughs) when when he went to college i was like oh i wonder how come she's not studying like theory and you know composition no, I think the sad thing about that is like, genuinely, if I could go back in time, I mean, you know, the college gave me some really, really important experiences. And I think I definitely learned a lot in terms of like my relationships with people and networking and, and learning about the, the business from a few angles that I hadn't really known about it before. Um, but in a lot of ways, I do have regrets about going to college because I'm doing exactly the same thing that I would have been doing had I not gone um, so in that sense, I'm like, oh man, it kind of was a waste of five years of my life. But on the other hand, like I have a bachelor's degree, so it looks good. Um, it doesn't look good for anybody. I'm always well, going to be a musician, but I mean, at a I, degree. <laughs> I think it's important, um, as a professional, if you're going to try and do anything to have a, a completed degree is a, is a, um, it's like a calling card. It's like, sure. yeah, I, I did this, you know, your yeah. membership card. I did this. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, no, but I mean, when you came, when you were, at, well, even when you were in school, you were doing, when you were still in college, you were doing like, um, some bigger, uh, performances at the school, mm-hmm. like, f- um, functions and things. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I would pay attention to what you were doing. <laughs> Thank and- you for following <laughs> along. <laughs> and, um, so, um, but, you know, when you're finished college, then, you know, I saw you were still doing music. So that was good. Um, that was just, you know, I just worry about people, not worry, but I, I sparks my interest in people not to question people, but um, maybe I think they're doing what, well, like my one son, my one son um, studied civil engineering. And I thought I have two, two sons, who just finished college over the last five years, five to six years. And um, I thought originally they would probably have some kind of interest in computing because that's what I, I did for my main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and of course they didn't, you know, they were doing games and <laughs> gaming and computer related things. That's so cool though. <laughs> but not programming and stuff. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, my youngest son, um, he um, studied civil engineering. And I was like, well, you know, well, that's great. I mean, I mean, I don't know anything about it. Um, but you know, it was kind of math related anyway. Um, the bottom line is he did that for a few years and, uh, after layoffs and things like within the industry, he decided to go into computing. So now he's, he's more like a data scientist. Oh, Um, interesting. Does he like it? Yeah. Yeah. He really likes it. Um, so, um, 
that's my concern. My concern is like, oh, well, you know, that's great. But um, well, he he's my youngest is musically inclined, too, but he never really devoted the kind of time that you need to uh, develop, you know, as an artist. (laughs) This is true. But I think, you know, I think his heart is somewhere else. So, you know, he'll pick up the guitar. So right now I don't have any musicians to hand anything down to, you know, oh my God. my immediate family. So I could you just gotta, hope you got to get you got to get your son to get up again and be like, <laughs> well, I'm waiting for well, wait for now. grandchildren, I guess. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it skips a generation or two. My yeah. entire family. Um, so my grandfather was a drummer in Russia. Um, and he also played the violin and piano. So he's like musically inclined, but we don't have any singers in my family, um, except for my great, great grandmother on my dad's side, who was an opera singer in Russia. So like wow. that missed many generations before yeah. it got to me. And interestingly enough, her name was also Sophia. So really? Kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How fitting. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, super cool. Yeah, well, your parents wouldn't know that, right? When you're when they're naming you, right? Obviously not. <laughs> when they were naming so. me, they had no idea that I was going to be, you know, annoying them with my singing <laughs> until their dying day. They had no clue. <laughs> so, so this is that's normally how I start off the conversation. Like, how did you get started? So this is so we're going in the right direction, <laughs> um, with my little caveats and um, interruptions. But um, yeah, so. Um, so that's interesting. Like my grandfather, my paternal grandfather played piano by ear. Oh, that's cool. And they were Irish. So uh, his father came from Ireland. So they were, they would sing Irish songs and my dad and my uncles, and, and they would drive me nuts when I was a kid because, you know, I was like rock and a rock and roller and I didn't really want to know anything about <laughs> traditional songs or, yeah, you know, yeah. to me, it was like, next you know like um so um to this day i don't really you know participate in that so um when did you know or how did you get started in music i mean when you said you you were singing did you start singing like really young oh yeah i knew right away um all of my earliest memories were me running around the house singing um (laughs) i would make up songs like there would be a song on the radio and i would make up my own words to it but like before i even had really any vocabulary whatsoever like i knew (laughs) mama and papa and i was singing like like to whatever was on the radio and um yeah i mean i i was like immediately interested in music i had an ear for it so like I would always like try to like sing with the singers on the radio and like match exactly what they were doing. And I think from a really, really early age, my parents saw that and were like, we should definitely foster that because (laughs) it's very unusual (laughs) to see. Um, But I was like super involved. I, I really wanted to like perform at a really young age. Like as soon as, I mean, all, like I said, all of my earliest memories are like me getting up in front of my parents and putting on a show, pretending like my hairbrush is a microphone. Like there's so many old VHS family tapes of me um, just putting on shows for my parents and like getting ready. Like this is my performance. I'd practice being on interviews with like, you know, Oprah at the time and like Ellen. So um, it's been, it's been something that I've chased after from the time that I 
was born, I guess, or at least as far back as I can remember. Wow. So you, you had the performing side too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted to be in front of people. (laughs) I was very, very extroverted child, like probably to my own detriment because I didn't have a lot of friends growing up in school because I was the weird girl that like in class would like finish my work early and be like, um, teacher, can I please go up in front of the class and sing a song? (laughs) And like, we know when you're a kid and like your teachers see that and you're like in elementary school, like obviously adults loved me because they thought I was like this little gem. Like I just wanted to constantly perform and like they wouldn't have to teach because I'd just be up in front of the class singing. (laughs) But um, but the other kids were like, this girl is so annoying. So I get it now. Like at the time I was like, why is everyone mean to me? I totally get it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, I always wanted to be in front of people. I always wanted to be putting on a show and entertaining. Um, I think it's just something that's ingrained in me at this point. I remember trying to sing something or talking about music. I think it was, I was in kindergarten. And of course I was very serious about music even then, like loved music. And I was saying, Hey, you guys know this song. And I was started singing. And then the kids broke out and they were just like making fun of the song. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's a good song. Like, why are you making fun of that? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get it, you know? And um, so, yes, we're a little different. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you heard music. So let's get into that a little bit more. Like um, what you said that you would hear songs on the radio and make up your own words. Did you make up your own melodies too? Yeah, I started to uh, around the age of like six, seven, I started to make up my own songs. And I remember uh, I have one really specific memory. I went to my mom's work for take your child to work day. And um, I think they had like a little like radio in the office. Cause I remember hearing music on something like a, like a boom box or something. And uh, it was a song playing on the radio called Stuck on You. And (laughs) I remember being like, oh, like I'm gonna write my own song. And I took some computer paper and I wrote my own version of Stuck on You with like completely different lyrics, different melody, but I just kind of stole the title and like wrote a song. And I showed it to my mom and was like, I just wrote a song. And, um, And from there, like it was always like poetry or lyrics or like little melody ideas that I would put down. Um, up until the time that I was 14. And then at that point, I taught myself how to play a guitar. And then I kind of had more fully fledged songs with an instrument and chords um, and music accompanying these melodies and lyric ideas that were kind of just like thrown into notebooks, but never done anything with. Um, so yeah, yeah, I started writing pretty young. <laughs> and and uh, and I was listening to a lot of different music too. I had a lot of different influences. So, um, like I listened to the radio and I loved like Britney Spears, Sync, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, Hilary Duff, like those are all my favorites. Yeah. And, um, and my parents also, um, are immigrants. They're from Russia. Um, so one of the things that I also grew up on as, as well as like nineties pop was, um, Russian music. <laughs> okay. Um, and like eighties, like nineties, like even some seventies, like old Russian hits that my parents loved oh. and brought back with them. They had like, my dad had like mixed CDs in the car of like different Russian songs that he really, really loved. Um, there was one song, there's like a, the one that I remember that we used to listen to all the time. Um, in Russian, it's Malchikochet Tambov, 
Um, but then there was like a parody of the song that was Malche Koche Tabloa. And like both were just like a song about like a boy wanting, I think Tambov was like a place in Russia. And it's just, the translation is the boy wants to go to Tambov, which is like a city, I think. Um, and then the, the parody was like, it's impossible to translate because it doesn't like work the same way. But like I had like these like goofy Russian songs that I grew up on, like that one that was like a parody. Um, and then I had like, classic rock and like led zeppelin and pink floyd <laughs> and like the beatles and then like britney spears so it was like a pretty interesting mishmash of artists and genres that i grew up with and didn't really think anything of like i just kind of assumed everybody listened to the same music that i did um and then at some point you know i remember like talking to kids in school and being like do you like the beatles and they're like i don't know what that is <laughs> so yeah right <laughs> it was definitely like a pretty interesting upbringing in terms of music. Yeah. I always talk about going to open mics and hearing like an 18, 19, 20 year old sing a song, sing a B side from some <laughs> album, which would be like an obscure song. But if you were a fan of that artist, you would know it because it was right. a good, like maybe might've been one of my favorite songs on that album. And I'm like, how the heck do you even know this song? They're like, Oh, my dad plays. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Cause I didn't do that to my kids. <laughs> really that's no. surprising to hear from well you. i kind of move on like i'm i like my kids were 90s kids so i was listening to grunge and music of the day mm, okay. and because i already i already heard the classics i already, already played the classics like i grew up on classics and i played it played it in bands and played it solo and you know um good songs and of course i love music and i love that stuff but i don't I go for, I try and go forward. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> or, or timely, you know, um, where, where permitted when permitted. <laughs> so, um, like I'll give credit to bands that I listen to, um, that who are my influences, but, uh, and, and of course I have a wide, I'm, I'm just wondering, well, I think musicians in general can have a wide array of, um, influences, but, um, I'm kind of headed towards the songwriter. So you, you answered the question about um, instrumentation. So did you play piano or anything besides guitar? What Any other instrument before guitar? Uh, no. So I, I learned guitar wow. first. Um, and I how did you wanted how, to learn piano. Did you sing in school, like sing at recitals or what did you do in grade school or? Uh, yeah, I, I was in like chorus and I did okay. all of the like different talent shows that my school would have. But um, my mom also signed me up for voice lessons when I was like three. Like I started oh, wow. under music when I was like three or I think it was like three or three and a half. Um, and we would do like we had like little xylophones and you'd go around the room and it was okay. music. So it was like goofy. But then I started private voice lessons, I think, when I was either six or seven. Okay. Um, and then from there I had taken private voice lessons all throughout my childhood up until, um, early college. Um, and I had wanted to learn how to play the piano. And I asked my parents a million times if I could have piano lessons, if I could have <laughs> piano. And they were like, no, because we're already paying for voice lessons. It's expensive. Blah, blah, blah. So they wouldn't let me have a piano. But then I found Taylor Swift in, um, okay. junior high school and <clears throat> I was obsessed with her. She was like my biggest influence. And I decided that I wanted to learn how to play guitar because Taylor Swift taught herself how to play guitar. And I said, if Taylor Swift can do it, I can do it too. So <laughs> I begged my parents and then finally they gave me a guitar as a gift. 
and um, during the holidays. And I made a bet. I told my mom that if she bought me a guitar, that I would learn how to play a song within a month. And she was like, okay. And then I did. Um, so it ended up working out. I had a lot of drive and I taught myself how to play. Now, with that being said, I'm not a good guitar player. Like I definitely do everything wrong. My finger <laughs> positioning is like really terrible. Like I'm, I'm not doing it correctly and I, I can only play chords, but um, it's cause I learned myself and like used Google and didn't have a teacher. So. Well, I, like I've seen you it. play a number of times and I've, I would never criticize your guitar. Oh, playing. thank you. It's, it's very much just for accompaniment. Like I'm not looking to be Santana or anything, but, <laughs> you know, but it, it is a useful skill to be able to play. And, and it, it's been really beneficial in my songwriting more than anything else. Um, yes. but I really wanted to learn how to play the piano. So, um, I never had like really, um, official piano lessons. I took a few like piano classes in school, but um, I got a keyboard when I was 15 and I tried to teach myself to play and I like kind of put it down for a few years because I didn't have as easy of a time with it as I did with guitar. Um, and then about two years ago, um, I was hired to work at a music school and my boss was like, do you know how to play piano? And I was like, no. And he was like, figure it out. So I had to learn on the job. So yeah. I learned about two years ago how to actually play and again, taught myself. So like, probably not great, but I can play chords and that's all that matters yeah. <laughs> for me at least. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, for, I, I think something, if I could go back in time, I think I would probably beg a little bit harder to learn an instrument because it would be cool to be really especially good at playing either piano or guitar. Um, but my knowledge is sufficient, so it's fine. Yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard to juggle disciplines, you know, when you're yeah. when you have multi disciplines. Um, I well, I had to start off on accordion because my parents wow. couldn't afford a piano. Accordion. Yeah, and it was already in my family. Like my sisters took. I had two older sisters. They they took accordion lessons. So I was cool on the keyboard side, but I didn't like the buttons, you know, the um, chord side. I didn't get that as much. And um, of course, I hated it, <laughs> but I got to play some music and I asked for a guitar when I was about nine years old. And I think my father bought a guitar when I was about 11. I want to say 11. So I got my hands on a guitar when I was 11. So he let me play it. And uh but I had to take some lessons and the lessons weren't, the guy was great. The guy was a great musician in town locally, but he was, again, it was, it was this rock thing. Like I wanted like something modern and at the time and like he was old school and mm. I didn't want anything to do with that. And um, I played by ear. This is where I was kind of going with you because you mentioned that you heard melodies, you wrote your own melodies. Um, and well, with the accordion, um, I would be practicing and my sister would be in the next sisters and mother would be in the next room doing, doing whatever. And um, I would start to veer off the melody because I thought I came up with a better melody or a, you know, a change in the melody, melody that I liked better. <laughs> and my sister would stop and she'd say, hey, you know, that's not that's not the song. That's not right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I like my melody better. <laughs> like impro improvisation yes exactly <laughs> and 
and um, anyway, so uh, so where am I going with that? Well, I, you know, started. Um, I dropped the accordion after about a year, and um, didn't have another instrument until I was eleven, like I said. And then, but later on in college, I studied piano. I, I was a guitarist, but I took a piano course. I had to take this piano course at school. I was at a I went to Berkeley College of Music for two years, and then I went to, at the time it was Trenton State College. I studied classical music at Trenton State College. Anyway, so that's where I had to learn piano. Okay. So now I had to really, you know, the right hand was good, but the left hand I had to really work on. And um, and then I also studied voice there. That was the first time I had a voice lesson. Oh, wow. Um, In college? Yeah. And I, I was not a singer before that. Um, I would sing, I would fill in like in bands, I would fill in maybe definitely less than five songs. I would say two to three songs. I would help the main singer out by singing a few songs mm -hmm. during the night, just give them a, at least one song break in, the, in each set. Um, but it was like, you know, not the range that I later developed. Um, so when I went to college, I studied classical voice and then I developed this, um, you know, got into the falsetta and, the, you know, extended my range. And then a lot of the singers that I hated, <laughs> I started liking them because I could sing. I was like, oh, I get what they're doing now. <laughs> like, awesome. I thought they just did that. I didn't understand it was a tool, you know, a like a technique. Yeah. And um, so I, I really worked at it. And I got, you know, I, I did at the time I was doing cover bands and um, started doing stuff that I would, you know, other people couldn't do either. Some other people couldn't do. And um, so, but anyway, um, you know, my point is um, that I, you know, eventually did write some songs with piano. So, you know, but you don't have to, like you were saying, you don't have to be extremely proficient with it, you know, yeah. to bang out some songs. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and especially with like um, working knowledge, especially with the recording equipment today, right. With the mm -hmm. tools. Um, but it, it's definitely an advantage. Um, that you have some knowledge of, of that. Um, Definitely. I took a course a couple of years ago with a, you know, Grammy winning. It was an online course with a Grammy winning songwriter. And somewhere along the course, he said, you don't have to know an instrument. You don't have to know a theory. And I was like, oh, my God, like, why are you telling people that? He's like, <laughs> so he goes on. And of course, I couldn't talk to him because it was a he did it. He would record a session each week or whatever and then send it to us or it was pre-recorded, I forget. But um, he said that one of his friends doesn't read or write music or know anything about music, but he's a Grammy-winning composer. And I'm like, well, like, what, what did he write? Like, I didn't really know the guy, you know, but maybe he could sing, yeah. right? And he just kind of fills some. So, you know, um, it's, you don't have to be an expert, but, um, the more you know, I think it's more, you know, it's more helpful for you. Definitely. So, but, but see, I mean, you're showing that you've showed that you want to learn and that you want to improve. Um, you have a drive to know more. Yeah. Well, I think, I think if you always look at yourself as a student, it's really, really important that you do. Um, it, you're always going to just continue to improve and get better. Um, because the people I've, I've met so many musicians, like I'm sure you have too at this point, um, who are so cocky 
and they like think that they're so good. And like, as soon as you start looking at yourself as like a master of your craft, you've lost it for me, <laughs> you know? Like no one, no one can be, even the great masters don't consider themselves masters. You have to yeah. always be humble and knowing that there's so much more to learn. Like there's so much about music theory that I don't know. I have a very foundational knowledge of it. I took a few years of courses um, and I've been learning since I was young too. I mean, you know, we had like solfege in school and we had very, very basic music theory that we started in like middle school. Um, especially if you took like a piano class, like I did, like I took like intro to piano and like you start learning how to read music. And, um, I personally don't use theory in my writing, but it's helped me tremendously to understand what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Like, for a long time, I, I knew that something sounded good to my ear, but couldn't understand why it did. And then you learn about dissonance and consonance and all of those music theory jargon terms. Hmm. Um, and it really helps you understand why it is that you enjoy what you're hearing, but it also helps with like chord building. Like for me, nothing was more helpful than having a working knowledge of theory and being able to like decide okay based on like what key this is in what chord would fit next that would make sense here um so in in those ways like it's been really really helpful but i think it's been a mix of both for me with my ear and knowledge that i've gained over the years from practicing instruments and taking classes um but i think both are both are important but i think you can have one without the other in both cases and still be a good musician. Yeah. I mean, in, in pop, if you're an artist, you know, there's going to be less pressure on you to, as long as you come up with something good, there's going to be less pressure on you to, you know, develop your musicianship. Mm -hmm. But if you're a, like I started off as a guitarist, so I had to know things. I had to know music. I had to know, genres i had to know songs um to get started um because if i didn't then nobody was gonna hire me right right so you know it depends that's somewhere uh, something i mentioned earlier that i was trying to i was trying to head into that that we covered um so yeah i mean everything that you're saying is exactly the way that you know that's my take on things um you know i um, studied in depth. I studied jazz. I mean, I studied for years and played and well, when I went to Berkeley, I, I didn't know anything about jazz before I went to Berkeley. And at, at the time that I went, it was more of a jazz oriented school. Um, maybe it's still like that today, but they have other courses like uh, songwriting, which isn't wow. jazz, which isn't jazz focused and it may be music business. Um, that I'm hearing, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at the curriculum, but um, th these are things that I'm hearing and um, about about Berkeley. But um, when I went, it was like, you know, more strictly, more of a strict jazz school. And um, so when I went there, I, I barely could read for guitar because I was, I played by ear mostly. And um, when I went there, I mean, there's people like ripping off these scales and they're sight reading on stage. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, like you were saying, like, I thought I was good. Like I was told that I was how good I was. <laughs> right. 
And then I went there and I was like, wow, like, <laughs> I didn't know all the notes on the neck, which was like unheard of for a guitarist there. And I was talking to my one friend, a new friend there. And he was like, oh yeah, if you do an A here and a C sharp and a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, you know, the notes up there. He's like, you don't know the notes on the guitar fret on the, on the <laughs> fingerboard. I'm like, uh, no, I don't know all of them. <laughs> oh my God. Was it pretentious you know, a, there though? Like, did you find that a lot of people were like snooty? Yes. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Theory sure. people are so snooty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense. I mean, yeah, because if you weren't um, proficient, then you're like, it's like being on a, you know, in a smaller version, being on a soccer team or something and you mm -hmm. don't know how to, manipulate the ball you don't you can't trap the ball you can't pass the ball correctly so when you, you they put you in the game and you're you know you're giving the ball up to the other side and they go in and score a goal that's kind of the right. same kind of feeling sure. that you have <laughs> when you're talking to these people like hey man you can't play this chart you know give me give it to me <laughs> it's like yeah you know, i'll take i'll handle this um but um at, by the same token you know i was allowed like they did they did have great uh patience for developing you uh, as a musician. So I did learn <laughs> and yeah. I did get, I did get better. And I, and I studied, I got a lot of theory. Theory was my thing. Like, I really love that. That's what I was going to ask you. And, but you did, you did touch on it. So like before, before you touched theory, before you knew anything about theory, right. You could hear, and you mentioned that you could hear sounds and you liked the way that it worked or it was interesting. It piqued your interest. Like I was the same way. Like, it could be a TV commercial or, um, you know, a song on the radio that was new and they did something a little different. You're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like other people just like coming along, they don't really understand. They're like, oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what was that? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And then when you take theory and you start plugging these values in, like uh, the, um, like you mentioned chords. So you're, you're doing like three, three notes at once, like chords, like triads, right? Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, and then you put them together in a progression um, or a cadence. Um, you're like, oh, that's a one, a one, six, two, five. Right. That's exactly. A one, six, four, exactly. Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why it sounds so good. It's a one, six, two, five. Yeah. And it's so familiar and it, because you hear it a lot, right? Like, you know it, but you don't know, you don't know what it is or why, right? How come they keep, it sounds good though, but I mean, how come they keep doing this? Um, yeah, because that's what it that's what it did for me. Like I was like, oh, here's a sixth chord. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, like this is really cool. Like I thought it was I, I, you know, when I was at Berkeley, I was like in heaven, like uh studying music. And finally, you know, after years and years, I mean, I grew up in a blue-collar town and you know, music was not an option, being a musician. And of course, I said I wanted to be a songwriter, so that was even worse. <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah um so um yeah so that you know that's that's really cool um so um with all that said and you um studied theory and so how now when did you write your first song you said you were young and you would do lyrics and yeah come I up think, with melodies i think my first official song i was seven was that time at my mom's work. Cause that's the first time I ever remember putting lyrics to paper and like having a melody and singing it and having like a, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge done, you know, that kind of thing. 
Um, so yeah, from, from the age of seven. And then I think, um, it was just a lot of like lyrics from then. And then I started writing like full fledged songs, my freshman year of high school. Okay. And then, and then when you studied some theory and started to get some, gain some insight into music, um, progressions, chord progressions and things like that, um, how did how did you change did you notice a big change when you first touched on um theory and harmony um i think in some in some ways but the way that i always write is like i usually hear an idea in my head mm. and then i'll take my phone out and i'll record a voice memo um and in the cases where i've recorded something and been like i need to figure out chords i've always kind of played by ear so i've been able to figure out like on the piano you know i, I needed to play this to make this happen um or like typically now i think with theory knowledge like being able to know what chords are what and like what would make sense to have like this note in what chord um i'll usually just sing the melody into my phone and then i'll like plug in the melody on my keyboard and then I'll figure out chords that like work with it. Um, so like in that way, that's been really helpful. I don't know if I would have been able to do it as quickly, um, not knowing theory as I have been able to now. Um, but I think it hasn't really changed my songwriting too much in that like, I've never written per with, like with purposeful intent, like, if I sit down to write a song and I'm like, I'm writing a song today, it's usually in a co-write, but like my best song ideas come to me when I'm doing nothing and I'm just kind of lounging yeah. around, like in the middle, <laughs> you know, driving somewhere. Minding your own business. <laughs> Minding my own business. And then I get an idea and I'll usually hear it and it's not like, oh, the one to the five to the two. Like it's, it's just sound and then I sing it and then it just feels right. Um, and I've gone off of feeling for songwriting for as long as I have been songwriting. So that aspect of it hasn't changed for me with the theory knowledge, but definitely being able to like chart it out has helped a lot. Yeah, it's um, enlightening. And um, I feel like with that, with being able to understand what you're, what I'm doing, um, I'm able to retain more and, and grow more faster. Definitely. I think that's, yeah. I think you mentioned that you can do it faster. Yeah. And I think it, it, you evolve faster. Like when you, you know, um, I don't know. I can't say that I am changing music, but I'm, you know, what I wrote, you know, 20 years ago is much different than, than what I do today yet. Um, you know, I could simply revert and do what I was doing 20 years ago. Well, maybe not. I, I don't, maybe I, I say that with a, with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> like, would you want to, I got probably not, but, but maybe not. Well, what happened is people seem to really connect with my early songs hmm. and I don't think they're as good as what I'm writing today, <laughs> technically, and you know, contemporary. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I've been trying to uh, do like more contemporary production um, mm -hmm. versus I was doing. I think I was doing like 
a lot of acoustic stuff. So I was doing more Americana, which could be like folky and, um, oh, I don't, I don't want to say simplistic, but um, I would say grounded in earlier work. So, I mean, you could have the same type of song from 50 years ago or maybe 40 years ago that you write today and it could still work. You know, someone might mistake it for a, a song from 40 years ago, depending on how you produce it. Um, right. Or they could say, yeah, that I could hear that 40 years ago. Um, but other things you can't, like you can't hear music of some music of today, 40 years ago. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe you can hear some elements. I mean, cause 40 years ago is what, uh, eighties. Right. So, Ooh, um, I so maybe, I don't know. maybe, maybe the beginnings <laughs> of, um, I'm sorry, 20, never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. You're right. It, it is 40 years ago. Oh, it just feels like it's 20. Well, I, I don't know where I am half the time anymore. So <laughs> especially with COVID, I'm just like, Oh yeah. The last two right? years have not existed. Yeah. It's like, it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> like everything seems so fast now. Like, yeah. it's like, Oh, it's that's tomorrow. Oh, I thought it was like three weeks from now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, what's my point? My point is, so I hear bands doing like classic type rock, like writing their own classic type rock, classic sounding rock. Mm -hmm. Um, recently I heard a number of bands doing things, um, and again, they're like 20 years, the guys are like 20 years old the band, 20, 21. I'm like, geez, I like, you know, like you could have heard something like that in the seventies or early eighties. Like, how do you guys even know this stuff? And again, you know, they're like, oh yeah, my dad played this and my dad was a guitarist. And like, but, um, um, you know, my, my greater point is that, um, but they see, they have a perspective because they know today's music. Right. So um, they could easily incorporate it into, you know, more, a more contemporary style, which I think they do a lot of. So maybe it could be rock, classic rock, but it could be, you know, a little heavier than maybe it would have been at a certain time, certain period that you might say, oh, that sounds like, I don't know, a Led Zeppelin from the seventies, but it's harder. It's a harder version, heavier version you know, more of a metal version because of the equipment that we have today and blah, 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 blah. Um, so um, I guess I was trying to get into your songwriting. Um, you, so do you consider yourself more of a lyricist or do you consider yourself um, a melody maker? How do you feel about that? Or do you um, think it's both? both yeah yeah um i usually write melody first and then lyrics so oh wow i'll hear melody in my head and then i'll put it on a voice memo and it'll be gibberish usually or i'll have like a word um, okay yes okay so, so that's like, that's where i was going yeah it'll be like, like accompanied with but it's it's typically like a gibberish melody and then i'll go in and i'll fit what makes sense into the melody so what i what i usually hear are hooks i'll catch a hook Oh, I, might, I always write pre-choruses. I don't I might, know why. It's I might always pre-chorus first. <laughs> but then it'll have like this gibberish kind of thing. I'll, it'll be a word, but yeah. it's the rhythm. It's the rhythm, right? The rhythm of the melody. Yeah. Like I'll hear it. Like I'll hear what the 
lead part would be like what I would be singing the melody for that I don't hear like musical melodies as much although for my new song that I'm releasing on Friday I did write the synth solo so that was cool I'd never written a solo before but um (laughs) so now you know there's a synth solo um (laughs) but uh yeah it's always like the melody first um I always for some reason start with a pre-chorus it's like the first thing that always comes to me sometimes it'll be a chorus um but for the most part, it's like a pre or like a pre hook kind of thing. Hmm, and, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I usually people start at the chorus or the verse. Um, I've heard of people even starting like at a bridge before, but it's like almost always pre chorus for me. Um, and then I'll write backwards. So I'll do the pre chorus and then I'll either go right into the chorus and then figure out the verse later, or I'll do pre chorus and then I'll do verse leading up to that pre chorus and then we'll go chorus. So it, it, I kind of start like right in the middle of the song Hmm. um but i definitely am both like i come up with all of the melodies and the lyrics for all of my songs cool yeah i mean i um it could for me it could be any part of the song but you have a typical starting point more successfully well it's more successful if i hear a chorus and maybe a verse sometimes it's the verse i'll just start with the beginning of the verse you know and you know something could be something stupid, but usually it's something good. Or I'll catch, a, and but I hear I hear this. That's I I never. So getting back to like theory, like I never sit down and go, oh, I want to write a one four five. Or, yes, yeah, right? no, me either, me either. So um, that that was my point. My point was the way people describe. Oh, I don't need to learn theory because of this or that. And it's like, well, I, I mean, it helps if you're going to be for longevity too. Um, or you want to, if you want to be, because um, I guess the greater point of theory would be that you get to analyze your songs. Yeah. So you're like, well, I have five songs that are just like each other. So how do I make them different? Right. Yeah. Is that, do you feel that way? I have a song that is in two different keys and <laughs> knowing that felt cool because um, it was actually, I got the beat produced and sent to me by the producer I was working with for Bloom. Um, And he wrote it in two different keys. The verse and the chorus are two different songs. And, but it worked. I was like, this sounds really cool. So um, I went in and I like figured out all the chords and I was like, look at me with all my theory knowledge. Um, (laughs) The verse I think is in D major and then the chorus is in F sharp. So interesting. Yeah, well, I do it, but it's I do some weird things like that. Like people are like, I mean, more recently, like I wrote a song and normally where in the in the key where there are minor chords, they're all major. I don't know how it works. It just works. It just works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't analyze it. And the guys are like, oh, it's I'm like, no, it's F major, not F, F sharp major, not F sharp minor or, you know where it's supposed to be a minor b minor it's a major b major yeah and then i have another and i had another uh song like that <laughs> a few years ago and, and the bass player is like trying to play over and he's like trying to fill in i'm like no it's major it's all major he's like all oh, major I'm like yeah okay all right <laughs> like i don't know how it works i mean i like i said i never analyzed it but yeah but yeah i mean but you wouldn't know that like you would never if you didn't know theory and you heard it still and and wrote it it would still be the same yeah, Still it would be, be exactly the same. I just wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to like analyze it. Yeah. But I, I think the analyzing part is helpful in crafting new songs in the future because yes. 
then I'm like, oh, okay. Like I know what works. I know that, you know, this, this is something that I tried and like sounds good. So I can try something if I'm like aiming to write a song a specific way in the future. Not that I ever do, but if I ever am, like I know what can work and what can't because of my theory, not limited theory knowledge, I should say. Well, I have, I have my wife. So if you have a second set of ears, I have my wife and um, who listens, who gets first listens, you know, to my, to my new songs, whether she wants to or not. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so um, shout out to Jean. Um, Jean. She, so I'll play a song and then I'm like, you know, the song sounds a little familiar. I hope it's not a hit song or something. And can you listen to this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you have another song like that. I'm like, what? She's like, uh, you have another song like that. She's, and then she'll say, oh, the one that, da, 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 and I'm like, oh, geez, it's my own song. Well, oh, I so I feel better because it is my own song. <laughs> and I'm fine. like, well, I can, you can, I can do that. Yourself. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> if it's mine, right? Right. So, I mean, I find myself doing some things like that, but that could be probably, I, I don't know what the, the example would be um, that I'm thinking of, but maybe like five years or 10 years different, you know, in between. So, um, but yeah, and then you kind of get in and analyze it and you're like, well, it's not exactly the same, but I get the point, you know, like, cause I, I was like, but you, you know, but that it's very helpful because, um, you know, um, so, and so, and, and another thing that I'm thinking of is things get recycled. So always, always, like, I, I've had a, I've tried to like, not be so much of a stickler on myself and like other artists too when i hear stuff that sounds similar because everything's already been made yeah like there's it's just it's impossible to like create something completely and totally new like i mean unless we're talking like microtonal like i guess there's a market for microtonal music but like is anybody going to put their foot into it i (laughs) (laughs) you know um kudos if they do but everything's been made all of these melodies that you hear and all of these chord progressions like you can't own a chord progression so all these lawsuits that i see of people getting sued for like having a similar chord progression is like but like yeah. every song has this chord progression you know yeah i mean within a in the western music there's only seven notes in a scale exactly. that you're using yeah so you know what was it what are the chances that something's going to repeat or somebody's going to right come up with the same melody it's pretty it's pretty great yeah great chance and yet it, it doesn't happen you know as much as maybe you would think it would yeah but there's still there's still a lot of room um, there's definitely room i, I just think there's a lot of like i see a lot of lawsuits especially recently there was one with um dua lipa there was one with ed sheeran um and I watched this guy on YouTube. His name is Adam Neely. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a phenomenal musician. He's a bass player. He plays like every instrument, but he's like primarily a bassist um, and has a really extensive knowledge of music theory and was br- kind of breaking down why these lawsuits are BS because, mm. you know, everything's been made essentially and everything everything that you hear is based off of something else like an idea or or influence from another song. So like, 
it just makes it sad to see the state of music these days being boiled down to like who owns it it's like nobody owns music like realistically it's you know every idea is just taken off of some other idea um, yeah i mean i was thinking about that um years ago because i was very careful well i changed my i generally i think i do it i think i do it more now i think i write in eight measures now more than i used to i i would write in fours so i write four measure um themes you know okay. ideas motifs yeah. and then i would string those together and so something might repeat itself but or be similar but there's less chance that i'm gonna <laughs> gonna hit an eight bar melody you know exactly the same true you know and and i think that's I think I'm not like when I play, I might think in fours and four measure motifs, but um, so that was part of it too, maybe, but um, I tried to make things different early on. And now, um, now my thing is simplicity. Yeah. So, you know, I had weird chords and, you know, I would, people would tell me, Oh, you know, it, people who aren't musicians would say, Oh, it, your chords sound like they're going here, but then you go somewhere else. And they're like, that's really interesting. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if it's a million dollar interesting, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know um, so people do notice and that's kind of the way that I used to write, but um, you know, I still kind of try and do that, but um, so that's what I was saying. Like I, the last since 2017 or 2018, I've been reassessing what I do and I've been writing shorter songs and um, which I've always been told to do for years, three minute song, three and a half minute song. And I never got it. So my songs were always four minutes, four and a half minutes. And so now that I started, I started cutting out a verse that's not necessary. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, you know, doing something instrumentally, a little fill or something. Yeah. As a turnaround or um, then you realize like, oh, you know what? What I'm saying in the third verse, I actually set, already said it in the first verse. I'm just saying it differently. So yeah, I don't need exactly. that. Right. So that's that's my approach. Been my approach. Kind of thing. I worked with um, an A&R guy um, who was helping me for a while. And then he he passed on before we could do anything um, mm -hmm. together and um, business wise. And, um, but it finally clicked with him. He was, because he got into my music and he was analyzing my music. Like he was almost seeing it the way that I was seeing it. Like he could kind of relate to me, but other people were just outside voices saying, Oh, generically, you know, a three minute song, it's a three and a half minute song. I'm like, well, how do I do? You know, like, I never really, but anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, what, what this is going to bring us into today like what are you doing like production wise today are you doing something different than you used to do i mean yeah. are you because you mentioned you just did a synthesizer solo so that's new right yeah congratulations <laughs> on that thank you <laughs> that so um good so what's your approach like that, yeah. what's your approach now compared to like five years ago or four years ago when was this what was the paradigm shift for you or was it just gradual? I, it was, I think it was gradual, but I also think that there was kind of a moment in time where I 
re I had a realization. So I, I had been writing songs from, I mean, like I said, from the time I was like seven and I always wrote to guitar. And I think that really at first helped me to become a songwriter and help me understand like the structure of a song and like what it is that makes a successful pop song, right? So like when you have an instrument to play it on, it makes being able to perform that song a lot easier. But I think after a while you get stuck in guitar land. Um, and I'm sure that you can probably agree with me on this, but like, have you ever written a song on guitar and then you can't hear it any other way? Yeah. 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 And I had that issue for years um, from the time that I was 14 writing songs um, up until around the time I graduated college. Um, I was writing in my dorm room, all on guitar. Um, and then halfway through my schooling, um, I had done the first three years uh, ish, like two and a half years um, as a business major. And then my school opened up music business as a major. Um, it was technically music industry. And then you could pick a specialization in either production or business. Um, and so I picked business, but one of the requirements for that major was that you did have to take a few production classes as well. So I took production classes and I learned how to use Logic, um, Pro Tools, um, and I learned how to like track and how to set up miking. Um, like they really went in depth with that. Um, so I got that experience with being in a studio environment and seeing how things come together. Um, and during college, I had actually worked with a producer and recorded like six singles that I put out that are no longer available. Um, but they were all written on guitar kind of the same way. Um, I would take them into the producer and I'd say, I'm hearing this for this song and I'm hearing maybe this for this song. But a lot of it was like me not knowing where I wanted my sound to be. So I was writing like six different songs in six different genres that like didn't go together oh, right. yeah. at all. But in my head, I was like, well, I wrote these on guitar. So like they need to have production elements that match what it seems like in my head. But like I would have one song that was like an Ed Sheeran type of like pop rock kind of thing. And then I would have another song that was like a rap song. And it just like they didn't coincide in any way um, because I really didn't have that. Uh, well, one, a good idea oh. of like what my sound was supposed to be. And two, like what it was that I actually wanted to hear the final version of the song become. Um, well, you're 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 an artist yeah. and a songwriter. And yeah. I believe, you know, I talk, this is part of what this podcast is about. Um, it's getting into and figuring out like, what do we actually do or what, why do we do it? And I think songwriters and, you know, are people who are of the moment. Yeah. So, you know, today, you know, well, I mentioned Americana before. So today I'm Americana tomorrow sure. I'm rock. You know, um, next day artist, I'm a little almost, hip hop. It almost you know. directly conflicts when yes. you're an artist and a songwriter. <laughs> because as an artist, I have an idea for what I want my art to sound like now. At the time, I didn't. Now I absolutely do. Like, I know exactly what my sound is, like where I, I like to kind of stay. Um, even if that I'm branching out of like my tip, like none of my songs yeah. that are out now sound the same, but they all well, have that's, a common influence. They all that's have, a, like, a marketing. Common that's a marketing uh, concept and that's, yeah, yeah. that's record, that's record label um, influence. So, you know, that's a remnant of, of the industry, um, which is, which is fine because, you know, 
I think people would listen. If you wrote six different songs, I think people would, if they didn't weren't fans of Ed Sheeran and they heard that you wrote a song in that style and they weren't really a fan of that, but they heard you do it, then all of a sudden they would like make, might start to like Ed Sheeran because they liked you because you did it. Right. They would like that song because of the artist. And I think it's kind of backwards, but it's okay. I mean, but that's, that's the way that it is. So, yeah. And I'm not opposed to doing different genres either, but at the time when I was trying to establish myself as an artist with a particular sound and my sound was different for every song that I released, like yeah. it didn't really click. Um, well, I'm guilty. You know, I'm definitely guilty of that. It's like, I have multiple, my first album, I have, you know, multiple types of um, genres on there. I love that though. I love that sub genres. I love that for an album. I think it can be co like actually one of my favorite albums of all time is uh, it's called Sawayama and it's by an artist named Marina Sawayama. It came out two years ago, um, but she does every genre imaginable on that album, but she still has a general cohesive sound despite each song being a different genre. Like, you know that that's Rina singing it. And it's like her delivery, it's her lyricism. It's the way that she structures the song that makes it true to her even though the genres of every song are different. But at the time when I first started like releasing music and trying to get my name out there and like whatever, um, no, there wasn't that cohesiveness and I didn't understand how to achieve it. Um, and then I kind of had a eureka moment. I released all these songs and then I'm like looking back on them and I'm like, I don't like any of these songs. <laughs> like, I, And I couldn't figure out why. And then I had a eureka moment that was like, oh i have to put the guitar away <laughs> i mm -hmm. really do because i had wanted to be a pop artist for so long oh. and i was writing all of my songs on acoustic guitar and inevitably i was hearing them in my head as like singer songwriter acoustic like folky type of like taylor swift influence before she went pop and i realized that if i wanted to do pop and i wanted to do it right i would have to write in the studio so i started writing in the studio yeah. like i actually use my daws now so my what, audio workstation just an interjection what what um do you have a favorite doll what, or what do you what do you use logic mostly? for me personally logic. but right. my producer that i work with his name is russell he works in cubase okay. which is like i always make fun of him because i don't know a single other person that works in cubase um it's kind of like old and like I don't know if it, it, it's actually really cool. And I, I think that there's um a really neat, like there's a lot of really neat stuff that you can do on Cubase. Um, and I do see a lot, I do see some producers, like I think uh, Selena Gomez's producer works in Cubase. Um, yeah, so well, that kind of like squashed the myth of like Cubase being like unused. Well, when I, whenever I talk to people, different people about everybody, it seems like everybody is into something different. So I hear Ableton and this and that, but I have Ableton. I cannot figure it out. Yeah, I tried it. <laughs> I tried a, I tried a lot of them. Um, but I, I settled on Pro Tools for a long time, and I could really? get I hate everything. <laughs> What's that? I hate Pro Tools. <laughs> well, I had everything except the the uh, drums, percussion. Mm. It was so difficult. Well, at least you know I started using it. I'd say like 2006, maybe. I tried. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't an engineer. So I'm just like struggling to record stuff and try and get a good sound, which I've been doing for years. That's part of the reason why I don't have, I've, I've, I was very picky. So I don't have a lot of music out. I'm just starting to like, starting to produce more. And over the last two years, also, I've been focused on production. Right. So engineering, 
and I'm just getting to the point now where I feel comfortable, like where I'm actually getting some good results, you know? Nice. Um, it's a great and feeling. so, um, so that when I went to logic, I could throw the lay the drum tracks mm -hmm. and that it made all the difference. It did. Um, I love logic. I, it's very easy to use too. I feel like it's very for production. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I think I did have a couple of results for songwriting too with it, like that I wouldn't have written without using a DAW. Mm -hmm. And maybe it would have happened with another DAW, but I was using Logic. Um, but to get my ideas down, you know, it's just so much easier. And yeah. um, and anyway, um, so yeah, so I'm sorry I interrupted you, <laughs> but that's where I was going, like your production. So you feel like um, Logic helped maybe it's a little easier. Do you feel it's easier? Definitely. Yeah. Having, having a knowledge of that has really, really helped. Um, but also like being able to play piano now, I've written most of my songs now on piano. I, I used to write on guitar. And now if I write a song, I have a few ways I do it. Um, I either write it on piano and then I take it into my DAW and I like add production elements. I write it in my DAW so like just production elements, like I'll start with like a sound or, or like a sample and I'll like write to that. Um, or w this is kind of my prefer preferred method and what I've been doing for the last like year now. Um, my producer comes up with like 50 beats a day and he sends me a bunch and he's like, if you like any of these, like give me ideas and I'll usually record it on my little setup here and then I'll send it to him and we'll or I'll do it in the studio and he'll like play me stuff while I'm there and then I'll just lay stuff down. And that's how we've been writing. Um, it goes so quickly that way because I take forever to make a beat and I swear he'll put one yeah. together in like five minutes, like not even like a full, fully fledged song in five. It's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. So um, having that has been a little bit of a crutch, admittedly, because I haven't like worked in my own dawn a little bit. Um, it's just so easy to like, oh, he's got a beat. I've got a hook. I've got lyrics. It's done. Song's done. So, like, so um, how what's the production time now? I mean, how, like say per month. Oh my God, it's crazy now. So it used to be like, um, in okay, it took me a full year to finish Inertia, which was the first single I put out in 2019. It was like my debut single after I like got rid of all my other music. Um, and that took a year. Yeah, I did <laughs> notice you, you made it. I forgot to mention that early on because you did make a huge change. Yeah. yeah when, I did. What, what year was that? 2019. 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I put that out um, at the end of 2019 in November. And there was a whole music video. It was like a fully produced everything. We had like merch and everything. Um, so that was really cool. Um, that took a year though to finish. We, I, I was in the studio with um, different producers at the time. I was working with a different team and we could not finish the song. <laughs> it was like, it was really honestly starting to get on my nerves and I wanted it to be out so badly. So I ended up changing producers on that one. And um, the producer who worked on Bloom was, did inertia. And then Bloom took like probably four or five months um, from the time that we wrote it to the time that it came out. Um, and then I had written Movement, which was my next single after that, the, around the same time that I actually wrote Bloom um, a little bit earlier. It was like maybe a couple of months before then. Um, and that took another year to come out. But then when I started working with Russell, um, we have been able to finish, oh my God. So we did, he produced Movement 
And then he did Free Water Season, Awake, I Had a Dream. We did a collaboration together, Cupid's Chokehold, that came out. And then we did Monster Mash, that was seven. And then I have another single coming out now, which is seven. Um, plus more on the way after that. So we've like continuously been writing. But Limerence, which is coming out on Friday, took, uh, we wrote it February 1st and finished it march like finished the song fully full like mastering and everything like march 22nd so it was like a month and some change to finish a whole thing well yeah that's crazy yeah that's pretty good yeah yeah well once you get i i mean like i like i feel like i'm i've been using stuck to logic i think i was really sold on it last year um about a year ago mm-hmm. um I, I was trying to i'm trying to get into sync placements and i was working on this brief that came up and i did a really good job i mean i wrote it from scratch it was cu- kind of an americana kind of song and um the the music supervisor loved it but it didn't make the cut mm-hmm. so um and i mean i was like scrambling because i didn't know sure i mean i could record but i didn't know how to mix it now when i i mean anybody can mix but to make it sound prof- like a professional mix that's what i'm talking about right, right, right. <laughs> that was that was worrisome and a stress point you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to get that done but i think you know so you know um it takes time right you develop and it's just like an instrument working on your craft now you you decided oh okay, well, I have to be more um, involved on the production side, yeah. right? So you just kind of like grab the wheel and, and yeah. um, right, took control. Yeah, and, and I think um, to be successful, I think you kind of have to do that. Um, I agree. I think that there's a misconception about being an artist out there that's like, if you're good at what you do, it'll fall in your lap. Or I, I see a lot of artists not necessarily believe this or say this out loud but i can tell that they believe it by the way that they act Mm. um like if they're good enough that it should just work out for them um but i learned a few years ago that one people are incredibly unreliable and you can't you can't trust anybody but yourself to like get your stuff out there um because nobody cares about your stuff the way that you care about it like your music is sacred to you so for you like the most important thing for you as an artist is getting your music out there is like finishing your music, having a good visual or just like having a project out in whatever form it looks like that you're proud of and that you've worked hard on. Other people are just like, you know, you're paying me to like mix or like, you know, maybe they like care about you, but like they have other obligations, they have other commitments in their life. And like, that's understandable but no one's ever gonna care as much as you do. So you have to be the one doing absolutely everything. And I really mean everything. Um, And I didn't feel that way for a long time because I was in the camp of artists that were like, great, like it should just work out for me. Yeah. Um, And then I realized like that's not, (laughs) like that only happens for you if you're like very, very wealthy and have connections within the industry that will like do everything for you. Um, Well, you have to have, you have to have the right people. Yeah, you have to have the right people. And I think honestly, having 
a small team of people is like really, really vital. Like having just like a core team of even a couple of people that like really genuinely care about you and your music is enough. But like you have to be on top of everything. Um, I fully believe in hiring people who are good at their jobs to do their jobs, but like being on top of those people, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like when I work with the A&R guy for a short while, um, I felt like he understood what I was doing. He understood my music, understood me more about me as the, as the artist. And that goes a long way. Um, yeah. It's the same thing on a gig. If you're on a gig and you're paying people and I've done it, I pay people and some people, you know, they're reading the chart or some of the charts for the first time on stage <laughs> during like, the performance. I not to do this. <laughs> you feel right. That's the way you feel. Maybe they didn't, but that's the way you feel. Cause it's like, you know, but, um, and other people will come in and, um, you know, they knock it out and it's like, they get it. It's just yeah. a connection, you know, yeah. and a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I think the connection that you have with the people that you work with has to be, it's very particular. Um, so it's more I, sensitive I, for, for recording because that's forever. Right. Exactly. I had a conversation with a friend about this recently, but he was talking about basically how like he would rather have somebody he's working with. He's, he's also producing a record, this friend of mine. Um, and he was working with a producer that was like giving him the runaround, like for everything. Like he needed to have something done by like the end of March. He had a due date set and then like, something happened and this guy's like computer stopped working and he was like oh like i'm gonna be away for a little while was just like you know i'll get to it when i get to it and he my friend has this other friend who is kind of newer to production but is very very eager and like loves what he does and they started working together on the song instead of that other producer like gave him the stems and basically was like yeah you try your hand at it and like did it super quickly but also like sounds better than the first guy and is doing it out of like a, as like a passion project as opposed to this first guy that was like, you know, you're going to owe me this much money. And, you know, it, it really does kind of go to show that like the people that you want to be working with don't necessarily have to be like the top tier, like the best musician you've ever heard in your life. But like having that eagerness and having mm. that want and that like drive to work on something goes so much further than somebody who's like, I'm technically a skilled professional, but don't give a shit about what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what I do is good. So it's going to be good. Right. And right. I, I don't have to pay special attention, <laughs> Yeah. but they, they're not going to give you, you're probably not going to give you what you're looking for. Right. Right. Because there's like, <clears throat> I mean, that's been my that experience. Same passion there. You don't, yeah. you don't effectively. Exactly. Yeah. The way. passion, the, um, interest. Yeah. Definitely. In, you know, making something the best that it can be or yes. the best sound, full sounding. I used to get, when I first was trying to record with people, it would be, I felt, you know, the recordings were like pristine, but they were, they were kind of sterile. Yeah. Like it, there was no life to them. Yeah. It was, you know, a painting, but there was no depth to the, what you're looking at. And the same thing, you know, what you're listening to, you, so um, anyway, I mean, I did did a pretty good job with my first album. It was pretty close. Um, but, um, you know, since then, trying to do my own um, 
I, and I'm mixing my, my own, <laughs> mixing my own stuff because people that I hired did a good job, but wasn't what I was looking for. Right. And that's what and you're you saying. Have a, a certain vision for your work. Yeah. It's like, I got, I think I have to try and get it as close as I can. And then maybe I can hand it off um, is the way I'm looking at things now. Um, but um, all right. Well, um, I think we could keep talking here. Um, <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and getting to know more about your process. Um, and um, maybe we could continue at another time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I'd like you to do now is uh, you already gave yourself a couple of plugs, but I mean, what, what's happening now? Like, what are you doing? I think the other thing was that I was thinking about while we were talking was as a writer, you're a perf performer also. Yeah. So when you go out and you're performing, especially if you're adding covers, you're adding Ed Sheeran and you're adding, um, I don't know, Led Zeppelin or um, who, who are your favorite female performers? Um, Christina Aguilera, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Christina. right. So you're doing this whole, you're, you're out for three hours, four hours, and you're, you have a lot of people there. So you're trying to make everybody happy or make the bulk of people happy and, and yourself and picking songs that you like. And so you have a great swath of different influences. Oh yeah. Lots to choose from. Right. So when you write, you're thinking that way too, I think, you know, we, uh, as artists and as songwriters oh i want to you know you're thinking in, in that context of the performance yeah you know but but what do you have to do like you said is you have to like focus on who are you like what are you trying to do it might be right. different this month or or this year than next year 100 percent. so let's focus on what are we doing right now like yeah. what right that's always been the hardest like people will ask me oh well what kind of music do you do what kind of what do you write what's your what's your genre i'm like <laughs> it's the worst question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> like, today, <laughs> I, I've been telling people just pop because I think that it's a pretty good categorization. Like, I haven't written anything that's not a pop song. Even like songs that have other influences to them, like other genre influences, are still a pop song. Like, they're written in the same format. So I just tell people pop so that I don't have to actually be like, well, it's like pop mixed with like indie <laughs> alternate like no one cares <laughs> yeah. they ask you right and then you they lose them after the, the first <laughs> right after five words you know they're they're gone they're, they're gone. not really right. paying attention because they, <laughs> they don't understand pop. what you're saying and they're like oh pop that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right so much easier <laughs> well but it's harder right as market you're trying to market so this is kind of you're going along the same lines now you're writing you're trying to brand yourself so social media and all that, which is a going to you know be a whole other discussion. I'd like to hear your take on that at some point. But um, so these are things that you're doing now, like you're refocusing and right, you're delivering uh, a product, yeah. like um, market a marketable product, exactly. Um, consistency, right? Definitely. Um, so are you performing still, or what are you doing? Obviously, we're just coming out of COVID. Yeah, oh. I, I actually just had a show last weekend. I played at um, Soup Can Magazine's one year um, celebration event. They were they've been around for a year now, and I was actually in issue number three. So, um, and I have it here somewhere. Um, but I was like featured in nice. 
the magazine. So I, I performed last weekend. I performed some of my songs. Um, I don't have anything scheduled right now, but I'm hoping to. Um, I'm actually in the pro. I know it doesn't look like it right now because I ha haven't done anything yet, but I'm in the process of moving. So okay. I need to start packing up my life <clears throat> and moving. Um, I'm moving back home with my parents for a couple of months and then I'm moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, so, so it's going right. to be a little hectic for the next little while. So I haven't really like played any gigs. So that was my next question was your, your New Jersey based or New York based or mm -hmm. New Jersey. Uh, so then, so when are you moving to Cali? Uh, hoping for fingers crossed August, August. Yeah. Um, of course that's going to depend on like if I'm able to secure a place and do all that fun stuff. Um, it is like a really big move, like going across the country like that. And I've never moved, like I've, I moved here to my current residence. Um, but I was still in New Jersey. So I stayed like within the same state. I've never moved out of state before. So it's going to be quite an experience, but I'm really, really hoping that we're able to, um, lock down a place and, and find something in time for when I'm envisioning it. But yeah, hopefully August. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Well, there's a lot, like I'm interested in California for the sync industry, mm -hmm. sync music industry. So I've been thinking about, I'm like in touch with a lot of people out there who are having success in, in that business. And um, uh, probably there's, you know, I'm not collaborating right now, but we're talking about collaborating here and there. Um, I mean, I was supposed to do a couple of things, but um, I, I, with my health, I, it's been hard for me to, to, um, I generally can't get more than a few hours a day of work in. Um, and if I do, and if I push it, then I lose three days following where I can't do very much at all. Right. So I've been dealing with that. I'm better, more productive now um, of late. Um, so, but anyway, California is like, like well, maybe I should be there. Yeah. Come, you know, come like over. face to come face to with people and, yeah. you know, so, well, it's a consideration. Um, right Good. now so the weather there is perfect that's a really big reason for one well i mean it's not the only reason obviously yeah it um, might help me health-wise too yeah oh yeah I, I'm, I'm tired of getting seasonal depression every year here <laughs> i can't do it anymore i i need the sunshine but but then the other thing is um you know there's depending on where you live there there's wildfires and uh, drought yeah i mean so yeah. Every place has its issues. <laughs> so more, a more serious consideration will be like traveling out, you yeah. know, periodically, like every three months or something, maybe. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. I was just talking to someone else who's making their way in music and they're considering moving out there too. Um, so it's just a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. I used to be New York centric and not to bash New York, but um I think the music scene over there is a little dying a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's been my observation. Yeah. So one of my friends I interviewed for last week or for this the podcast was this week. He said that um, things have changed and now you're doing, you do, you do it online. So that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, well, if you do that, I wish you luck and um, thank you, you know, hope we stay in touch and uh, absolutely. Um, yes. You know, maybe I'll, if you go there, maybe I will be out and uh, maybe we'll see each other out there. <laughs> I would love that. I would love uh, that. Post COVID. Yeah. Post COVID. Oh God. I mean, it could have been New sounds Jersey, like, but maybe it'll be California. Like a, a fairy tale at this point, <laughs> post COVID. Um, 
crazy. Yes. So, um, I mean, are, do you have plans or, or for uh, performing live or are you, or are you just uh, trying to finish your um, recordings now and then see where that goes and then worry about the step? A little bit of both. Yeah. I would really, really like to plan um, like a going away show before I do move. I think that would be a really nice like ode to New Jersey. Thank you for everything that you've given me up until this point. And sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I would love to play a show um, some someplace in New Jersey or New York even um, as like a little goodbye show. And then, you know, hopefully book some shows in L.A. when I move. But um, at this point, I've been really, really focused on finishing up my songs. Um, like I said, I have a single coming out on Friday called Limerence and I have a video for that. And um, I also, do you know so when this is going to come What's the out? date? Because this is going to air after. Afterward? Yeah. So the date will be the 22nd, mm -hmm. April yeah. 22nd, 20, 2022. April 22nd. So when, yeah. when is this um, coming out? It's probably going to be two weeks. Do we? Okay, so cool. So then, but it'll be case, out. So yeah, we'll give you a plug. So where do we find? I, I would like to also just really quickly say that um, my second EP, I dropped my first EP Dawn in January of this year. My second EP Dusk is coming out this summer. Okay. So that's also on the way. Um, I didn't want to say it unless I, I knew that you were going to, I'm going to be announcing it like next week. So cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's going to be like probably like two weeks, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. So my, um, my second EP desk will be out this summer. So there are more songs and more of me to learn about. <laughs> um, and you can, you were saying plug on social media, right? Yeah. So let's, um, let's uh, share your um, social media and um, well, we're first off your music. That's going to be on all streaming platforms. Yes. Yes. Always okay. on all and streaming then, platforms. You can find everything really easily and quickly on sofmusic.com. It's just S O F music.com. Um, my handle on everything, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, TikTok. Uh, actually, TikTok is TikToks by Sof and everywhere else is music by Sof. So by Sof. you'll be able S to find it. S O F. Okay. Yeah. And, um, all right. So, um, so we're going to follow you on social media and then we'll, so we'll be able to find out where you're going to be playing and then hopefully, yeah, that'd be cool if you did, you know, a Jersey thing, even a couple maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would love to, um, I would love to book someplace. I mean, it's like pretty, um, obvious, but I feel like the New Jersey music scene is just Asbury park. So I would love to play, like a going away show at like the lanes or something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I was going to suggest probably Asbury park. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, maybe there's a, another couple of places that you like to play in Jersey too, but um, yeah. So I, you know, there's more I'd like to talk about, um, but um, I think this episode is probably going to be about an hour. <laughs> at least at least an hour which is typical i find it's typical okay. it could be my fault maybe i do too much talking <laughs> and, <laughs> and don't we let the guest... big, we're both big talkers <laughs> and then don't let the guests talk i don't know so i apologize for that um but uh if that's the case but um yeah so i'd like to talk like a little bit more about like social media and um you know maybe uh, 
well, you did, you did discuss your strategy, but maybe we could dig a little bit more into that. And, um, and then just follow up and, and see where you are. Maybe if you move, we'll talk to you after you're out in California for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. We and can definitely figure out something. You can give us some, the lowdown. <laughs> the lowdown. The down yeah, low. <laughs> absolutely. And, um, well, and you, I just wanted to say too, shout out to the fam because you have a supportive family. I do. Yeah. Your mom and dad are great. And, they are. uh, very seems good. like your brother's doing well too. He's, he is, he's graduating from high school. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So how does he, um, how's he put up with all this? <laughs> so, so, so supportive. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I feel so bad because it's, it's always me and I don't, I don't want it to be. Um, but he's like, just like an immensely funny and like self-aware kid. I'm, he's great. Um, and he, I think can accomplish anything that he wants to, um, in his life, he's got the drive and he's real smart. So whatever it is he wants to do, he doesn't have the same idea that I did. Like I figured out when I was born, like I'm going to be a singer, but, um, I know for some people it, it takes some time to find specifically their niche, but, um, he's super smart. He's really great with computers. So if he ever wants to do something in IT, I like am fully rooting for him. But honestly, if he told me tomorrow that he wanted to like, I don't know, sell wares, I would support <laughs> him doing that too. He's great. Well, I think um, if you have parents who can support a musician or be supportive, <laughs> be supportive really of a funny. musician. If you can support a endeavor. musician, you can support anything. Yeah, I think, I think he's in good shape yeah, <laughs> in good hands there. So, um, all right. So, um, your, um, album's coming out in June, you said, uh, it, this summer, no this date summer. yet. Okay. No this date. Yet. Okay. So we'll look for that. We'll follow you on social media and look for that. Yeah. And, um, all right. Well, is there anything else that you want to say? Um, audience thank you or... for having me. This was a great <laughs> chat. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for, for showing up and, uh, um, you know, divulging all your secrets. <laughs> Oh no. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> All your success secrets. Yeah. No, well, I wish you continued success. You you've always you're very impressive and um even more so lately, like I saw the business side and I was like, wow, you know, you know, you really have a handle on that. Um you. you have something. I don't know what it is exactly because you're you're just starting to roll with that and um, you know, really diving into it. And you know, it was noticeable, like I, I noticed it. Um, yeah. professionalism, like not that you weren't before, but, um, like the marketing side and the, the, um, focus, you know, yeah. I could see. So Thank that's pretty so cool. See the, I think the, marketing see. is really cool. It's, it's something, I think it's like a necessary evil in the, in the industry, but I think yeah. it's also not as evil as it gets perceived to be. I think it's like a really, really creative field, to be honest. Like all of the marketing stuff I've done has been me just throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's cool to try new things. TikTok is a great marketing tool now. So I've been trying to do TikTok. So, you know, onwards and upwards. Awesome. Well, I like your look. You look great. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> and um, so, like, as I said, I wish you continued success. And uh, good luck with your, um, your release. It's coming up uh, this Friday, um, which will be probably, it'll already have been, but you can still go and, and grab, the, grab that song. Yeah, well, I hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you have to let me know how LA is. And of course. And I'll follow, follow up with you then. 
Please do. I'll give you updates. I promise. And, and let me know about your show. I'm sure yes. I'll hear, hear about it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care now. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For more information about Soph, she can be found on the web at sophmusic.com on all social media outlets as Music by Soph and TikTok TikToks by Soph. For more information about Pat Foreign, you can look up Pat Foreign Music on the web or go to patforeignmusic.com. You can find me on Instagram, pat.foreign, and also on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap with Pat Foreign.